This podcast is part of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed may not reflect those of other podcasts or affiliates of this show or Gunna Geek. Check out other geeky podcasts at GunnaGeek.com. And get ready because geekiness commences in three, two, one. Did you want me to start this episode? Yeah, we should do that. Did you want me to start the episode now? It's, I would love to... Did you get... want me to start the episode now? How about now? Is that what you want? Is that what you want? You want me to start the episode now? I don't know why I do this with you. There are like... Like 35 other things I would rather be doing right now. Name 30 of them. Go. Most of them are inappropriate. Really? It's probably legal in Tijuana. <laughs> Speaking of Tijuana... Episode 73 of Unqualified Gamers, a podcast about video games. And video by... game life, video game culture, video game hopes, dreams, aspirations, video game love? Pretty sure that was implied, but thank you for being redundant as hell, Jonathan Martin, my co-host. Thanks, Cody Goff. My co-host. <laughs> See what we did? That was my 34 years of improv training coming in handy because I know that you're supposed to identify the other person in the scene, and that's what just happened. John? Thanks, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Did I do it? Wait, did I do it wrong? Nope, not accurate. Not even a little... Not even a little right. Oh. It's not... It's not. That's not logic or science. This is our. Do you know what this is? Do you know what this week is? Um, mon, It's mon, uh It's the start of the week. Okay. Well, it's episode seventy-three. Okay. And it's then our, those two our, digits together add up to ten, and also seven minus three equals four. Ten minus four equals six. Six is the month that E three is in. June. Did I do that right? I. I did it right. I. I can't. I can't. I can't, John. I can't. Why did that happen? Because E3 Why? is this month. Yeah. Hey, well, so, uh, <laughs> I, wow. Uh, so we are going to give our E3 predictions. I am going to talk about Mario Kart 8, which dropped this week or last week or whenever. Hey, and before you even like start talking about that, just congratulations to Nintendo for selling a ridiculous amount of units of that game in the first weekend. I'm sure you mm-hmm. saw the number, because I believe you posted the number, but they sold a 1.2 bil- billion, I think, with a B. 1.2 billion, I think yes. they sold 1.2 billion units, which that's like a fifth of the population of the world. I mean, I think that means that everybody with Facebook got it. So that's, first of all, that's super impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. Uh, but really, though, they sold 1.2 million, which is a lot. That's a lot, because I think that's how many Wii U's have been sold. So... That means that everybody got one, got Super Mario Kart, but me, I think. Yeah, you're in the minority, I would say. Report with Tom Cruise, and I thought you did great in that film, by the way. Mm, I'm a little short, though. So is he. I thought I was him. I thought we were improving again. 
nope, we weren't doing that, Jesus Christ, Lord, Lord and Savior. I oh, can't even, you can't even call do you that with a straight face. No. So, uh, yeah, Nintendo sold 1.2 million units. That's great. I, I think I read somewhere that Wii U sales in the UK went up 666%. I'm not making that up uh, because of this game. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's true. I believe maybe. that is the first sign of the apocalypse. I'm not even kidding. I I would think it was maybe. Well, you know less... what? Like like good for them for for finally having a a game that you know really to like the to average Joe user sells the system. I think that's great. I do as well. So I'll I'll be talking about Mario Kart Eight in just a little bit, and mm-hmm. we'll give our E3 predictions. But first, let's start with a little check in. How are you? Uh, great. Did you work this weekend? I did. Why? That that is actually a fantastic question. Is it? I, and I don't really have a good answer. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So thank you for working again this weekend so that you have nothing interesting to say. That's true. I don't. In fact, the both of my weekend days, well, Saturday and Sunday, uh, my weekend work days, one of those days I went to the gym after work and then came home and basically went to bed right because that was that's all day um and then the other day i came home and i watched house with my wife and played uh Adrian odyssey on the couch at the same time and then also went to bed Adrian so, odyssey 4 on the nintendo Adrian 3ds odyssey 4 on the nintendo 3ds that we talked about last week which you reviewed last week yes that's right and so um I, that was basically my weekend and you know what like it's it's it was kind of chill out work was like slow which Last week was insane there, and so it was really nice to kind of have some days to recover at work and get some stuff caught up. That was pretty nice. So it was a good weekend. It was actually it was a very good weekend. Nice and chill. Okay, you didn't get yeah. outside at all in Did, the nice weather. Uh, well, no, because I had I had to work, but up here it was storming. Oh, um, really? Yeah, really. Like we we had, we had four and a half inches of rain. That by the way, that is a lot of rain. Um, do you ever have like a have, when you go on vacation, right, um, or like when you leave for a few days over the weekend, when you come back, do you ever kind of have a? I don't really know how else to how else to like term it, but like a vacation remorse where you feel like you get home and there's just like a lot of stuff to do, but you spent the whole weekend somewhere else, right? Like, I'm using the example of my past weekend over Memorial Day when we went to the lake. We were up there for for four days total, and. You know, with the baby in the house, like, there's always stuff to, like, clean and tidy up around the house. But when you take a vacation, you're just gone for a couple days. And so we got back, and Casey and I both had to jump, like, right back into work. And it just, it feels like, it felt like during the week, because I had to work all week, you know, it, it, like, felt like I was just behind for the whole week. Do you ever get that when you go on vacation? You know, I shirk almost all of my responsibilities, of which there are few, so no. Okay. I mean, maybe that's just me, or maybe you're the you're the abnormal one. I'm I don't probably know. the abnormal one because. But like, like after I have a weekend where we've gone somewhere, like where we've gone to the lake, or we're occasionally we'll go to like you know the past few years we've gone to Vegas for a weekend once or twice a year. Um, like the the following weekend when I don't have anywhere to go is always like aw- It's always wonderful. Because I like, I feel like I'm. I have to catch up on all this stuff that I missed. So I think, yeah, I can't agree with that to some degree. Yeah, and so like having this weekend where I could like come home, and if there was stuff to get done, I could kind of do that. It was, it was actually really nice. 
So that was my weekend. What was your weekend? I enjoyed the nice weather. I went to a party with coworkers on Friday, which was very fun. Okay. Outside, a uh, guy had a very nice deck outside. I didn't realize you outside. worked with high schoolers. Do you work at like a Jimmy John's? Oh no, this was uh, this was an older crowd weekend for me. I didn't hang out with any high schoolers or college students this weekend. Okay. Oh, a little a bit different. A little bit different for me. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And then Friday night, I party hopped to my own apartment and had my own party, which. I will talk about it in a moment because that's my transition shortly. Uh, oh, very good. You did it wrong then. You yeah, well, far shut too up. Early. So Saturday, I, I went to a street festival, Do Division, which is on Division Street in uh, Chicago. Mm-hmm. And that's that's right in Wicker Park, which is the hipster capital of Chicago. A lot of hipsters there, mm-hmm. a lot of skinny jeans, bicyclists, large, untamed, unkempt beards, people trying to grow beards who clearly can't let's see more tight clothing bikes did i mention that tattoos piercings everywhere so it's very hipster it's the hipster sure. capital of chicago so uh but it wasn't particularly hipstery because that area is starting to become a bit gentrified it's very expensive so my idea of hipster must be like different than what a hipster actually is because you, what's your idea well i thought hipster was like skinny jeans and like black shirts and like poetry slams and stuff but you made it just sound like dirty people no, what you said is is definitely hipster. In Wicker Park, it gets increased. It gets amplified to around 11 because there are a lot of tattoo shops around there. So okay. not so much piercings, but pretty much everyone is tattooed. A lot of the tattoos are just the Chicago flag because that's what happens. That's a thing? Okay. Yeah, a lot of lot of independent places. There's only like a couple Walgreens and outside and one Starbucks, and outside of that, it's all local places. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's some live music. It was fun. You know, it's very crowded, so you can barely walk. And I don't like that. It was hot. I don't like being hot. Okay. I really don't like being hot. Yeah, you're kind of on record as to, like, liking the winter season. I think you're flipping crazy, but... Yeah, you're kind of on record with that. But if I'm the crazy one, then why am I living in the part of the country where it's winter for nine months out of the year... And if everybody else hates winter so much, then why are they living in the Midwest when it's 75% of their year? You do know that, like, in cities, on average, it's much warmer than in the surrounding suburbs, right? I am aware of that. Okay. So, like, you're in the wrong... Like, if you don't like the hot, you're in the wrong part of even just the city. I would uh, argue that by being in the city, especially as close to Lake Michigan as I am, it's more humid and can get more hot than than I would like in the summer, but the winters are also still very long. So okay, so least... you, you went to you party hop to a high school party that you threw at your at your house. Was there punch? That was Friday. I'm talking about Saturday I went to the street festival. Oh my gosh, this You're all you over a, the place. You had a busy weekend. You're all over the place. And then Sunday I went for a run. Did I tell you this? No, did you really? I went for a run. Did you feel like you were dying? You know, shockingly, no. That's I, good. I thought so. I can be a gym rat. I will go for three to eight months at a time. I will go to the gym. That's a long time to stay of, at the gym. I know it's a long time. I bring sleeping bags and shower there, so it's it works. But well, they do. I mean, they always have the showers, so that makes for, sense for very long stretches of time. I'll I'll work out two to four, sometimes even five times a week occasionally. Like, mm-hmm. really crazy, very regimented routine, very disciplined about it. And then 
November, December came around last year, about six months ago, and then that just stopped. Mm-hmm. And, and I always have gone in waves. Like, I'll go for four or five months, not go for two or three, go, you know, that kind of a thing. But right. this has been the longest drought of exercise I think I've had in, like, since college. So how was that, considering the nice weather? The weather was great. It wasn't right. excessively hot. I ran I, – I, I meant to map it. It was probably a couple miles, I would think. And I ran through the city, but I don't have shin splints. Which is my, really impressive if you haven't if you haven't like run in a long time to run a couple miles. I mean, I knew you were I know you're always were kind of a runner, but that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it was it was interesting, but that was really nice. So I although I have still not picked up DDP yoga again, I am at least now exercising, so I won't die, and that's kind of sure. nice. And then last night I watched WWE Payback, which I won't go into because I know how much you like when I talk about wrestling on this podcast. Well, thank God. But I will say I was on the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast Sunday morning, the morning that morning, and guest hosted that, and I predicted that CM Punk would not return, and he did not return, so I was right. Also, Chicago pretty much rioted because the Blackhawks lost Game 7. What, is that legit? Did they actually like almost riot? No, but people were very upset. Okay. I got I got text from a couple people that there were people in the bars like crying. Well, I think I think part of it too was they were like up for most of that last game, right? I mean, and then they kind of blew it at the end. You know, I don't know much about the game. Didn't watch okay. it. I was watching wrestling. Sure. But uh, Hawks are kind of a big deal in Chicago. Like, really, really big deal here. Yeah, I so, understand. It's whatever. But Friday night, I had a Mario Kart Eight lunch party. A lunch party? A lunch party. Friday at what time? night. I had a Mario Kart 8 lunch party, so I actually cooked little Yoshi head cookies. Yoshi's cookies. That's a long, that's a long time to make people wait. Like for, the puzzle get for lunch? Yeah, that's a long time to make people wait for lunch. Well, people were day drinking at my coworker's party because they're old enough to drink, unlike most of my friends. Okay. And then uh, while they were doing that, they were getting calories put in their body. Mm-hmm. Which I then... Those are good. Those which, are good things to which, get. Yeah, which carried them over to when I got... When I served them Yoshi's cookie. Okay. Cookies. So... That's, that's kind that of was... like a euphemism for something. Um, and, and so, this is the perfect segue to talk about Yoshi's Cookie. Did... The new game from Nintendo. How did you... Spoiler alert, I was about to start talking about that. I know. look. It's you know we've been we've been reading each other so long you can no longer read more. <laughs> so you know that's all I'm saying. I think at this point our audience legitimately thinks something is wrong with at least one of us. There might be. There probably is. So I had a Mario Kart eat lunch party because uh-huh. here's my thinking. It's like you know if there was to- ever if there was ever a game where you could just invite like a random assortment of people over to play it like they don't have to necessarily be hardcore video gamers it's Mario Kart right do you just want to do this segment or can, I just, can I... I just set up your party for you okay <laughs> so you were thinking to yourself you were like hey everybody likes Mario Kart so if there was ever a game where I could just invite my coworkers over that don't necessarily like video games all that much it's going to be Mario Kart so I'm going to have a Mario Kart lunch party but that's lame to have it at lunchtime because people have to work so instead I'm going to have a lunch party at night am I close I'm close, aren't I? I'm going to punch you in the mouth. <laughs> Look, through the internet. I'm going to find a way. I don't even gonna, know why you're here. I mean, I can, do this whole, I can do this whole thing myself. 
I mean, everything you said is accurate. I can't argue with any of that. Okay. That's what happened. Okay. And, uh, and so what kind of party was it? What kind of, what kind of favors did you serve? I invited coworkers, friends, friends of friends. I had about 10 people over and everybody drank and played Mario Kart. Okay. Eight. Okay. Yeah. That's the new one. It is. It came out last week. I don't know if you know, you know, you know, they sold over 1.2 million copies. Yeah. I heard about that. I think we just talked about that. I don't remember that. Yeah, we know we definitely said that. Did you talk about that or did I? I don't know. If I say it, you probably don't remember it. Probably not. So I had it, and we all played, and everybody took turns, except for me because I own it. Yeah, how many people are we talking? Eight unnecessary. Okay. Seven or eight, maybe. It plays up to four, right? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like a... It wasn't like a rager. It wasn't like uh, uh, Can't Hardly Wait, which is we're, a great movie, by the way, from the 90s. Old, we're too old for whatever you just said, rager. Can't Hardly Wait is... the. It came out in, like, 94 no, or I'm something. I'm saying you and I are too old, like, now to ha- to be at parties like that. You are too old to be at parties like that. Yeah, I, I regularly frequent parties like that. Okay. There's a difference. Yeah, no, that's true. I, you're right. There's definitely a difference. I know I am. So it wasn't a rager, but it was a nice, quaint gathering of okay. around pe- 10 people at the most who came in and out and we played Mario Kart, and it was good. A lot of alcohol involved. So, you know... um, I don't think that really necessarily took away from my experience, but I couldn't get a good, like, feel for how good the game was because there was, you know, there were so many people and everybody's talking and everybody's drinking and mm-hmm. there's, like, a lot going on. So, like, I'm playing it and I was enjo- I knew I was enjoying it enough to keep playing it, but I couldn't, you know, really detect how well I liked the game. But but everyone had Because you, you were also hosting people at the time, exactly. which takes I energy. That, I mean, that takes energy. Right, so... So it was all of that. Uh, but what I did gather from it was that it was fun for everyone involved. People kept wanting to play. No one at any point was like, oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm done. You know, like, people kept wanting to play. So long story short, if you want a game that you can invite anybody over to play and it's Mario Kart, then it's Mario Kart. I think that's how I started off this story. So I guess what I'm saying is I thought to myself, wouldn't it be cool, you know, if there was one video game that I could get and I can invite over a random assortment of people who aren't necessarily gamers and have them all be interested in playing a video game. Well, I mean, wouldn't it be Mario Kart? It would be Mario Kart, right? Yeah, right. So that's what I was thinking. Okay. And I don't know if you knew that or not. Mm. No, but that makes a lot of sense. Right. Thank. Yes, exactly. So, uh, so that happened, and it was good. And then on Sunday and a little bit, actually, before we started recording, I got to play and explore some of its additional features, and uh, I would like to talk about that at this juncture. No, but you're not a big Mario Kart guy, and why, why is that? So it's not that, okay, Mario Kart to me is is fun, right? Like, it's a really fun game, um, but it's not a game that, like, when it comes out, I need every iteration of it. Um, that being said, I don't think, I don't think I've, I haven't bought one since... The one for the DS, which I enjoyed, but I, I didn't get the one for the Wii. Mm. Um, but I I don't know. It's just like 
there's a lot of repetition to it to me. And there's nothing wrong with that. The game is inherently fun, but that game is so much more fun with, like, other people that play games. And I just don't have a lot of people I can often play games with here. Understood. And so, like, that... that it's not... It's not high on my list. Now, what I did say to my wife, though, was as soon as Max is, uh, like, three or four, so in a couple of years, if I don't have Mario Kart Wii U yet, I will get Mario Kart Wii U. Because that is, like, I can't think of a better, like, kind of first introduction just to video games. Like, it's, a, it's great. It would, be, it would be wonderful for him. Definitely. And I would, uh, I think, I would argue now, and I'm not argue, arguing, arguing, but, like, I'm not, we're not fighting. Okay, we're not fighting. Don't worry. Calm down. We're I'm not really fighting. pissed right now. I know. I know. I know. But we're not fighting. We're good. Okay. You can. You can. We're good. Okay. So, I think that you you actually having said that you prefer when you're playing with people. Obviously, I kind of like I know Mario Kart we had on my multiplayer and that was fine and I played it some and that was whatever. But Mario Kart 8 has online multiplayer as well, and it kicks ass. Okay. It's really fun. So I guess let me just start from, kind of from the top with this game. So everyone has played a Mario Kart game. Yeah, I you, mean, you raise, there's, you raise, there's, courses, there's courses, some of them based on Mario titles, some of them not, right? They're all based on Mario titles. Okay. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess there's a couple that kind of aren't. But basically you get your... You get your four, uh, your four cup races, which each contain four races, so 16 brand new races, and then 16 remakes of old tracks. Okay. Because, of course, some of the big news was they would be recreating Rainbow Road from Nintendo 64, which is one of the best tracks ever. So there's 32 tracks. Yeah, 32. F- from which, 30, to, tr- from which yeah, to choose. so 32 tracks. Okay. And most of the items have come back. You know, I've never played a handheld Mario Kart game. I have played all the console ones. I actually didn't really play the original much, but I played Mario Kart 64 and Double Dash and the Wii one quite a bit, so I'm familiar with those. So there may be some items I, I'm forgetting or missing, but the Bullet Bill is returned, where you turn into a giant Bullet Bill and plow through people. Very fun. The squid that blacks out part of your screen has returned. The shells have all, of course, returned, and the banana peels and things like that. So fundamentally, the items are essentially the same. Okay. There is, if you're doing really poorly... An eight, which gives you one of every item. It just circles around you. So you get a mushroom, a green shell, a red shell, a uh, ba-bomb, a and shell? a banana peel. No, not like the blue shell or thunderbolt or things, but you get like eight items basically that just circle around you and you get to use. Okay. So it's kind of fun. Um, and of course, you don't really, I, I don't really know the order in which you use them because it just has an eight in the corner. So I just kind of launch them all off at once. It's whatever. But all that stuff's pretty much the same. You only control one person in a cart. You are able to use carts and bikes, but they did remove the ability to pop a wheelie, which you could do in Mario Kart Wii. Okay. I don't know if you. I don't know if you remember that. If you tilt, I never you, play. I never play it a single time. I know oh, nothing okay. about Mario Kart. So Wii. in Mario Kart Wii, they introduced bikes, and you could pop a wheelie on the bike, which would make you go faster on straightaways. You couldn't cancel out of the wheelie. It was like an automatic, like, you pop up, it stays for a few seconds, and then you pop down. So on straightaways, it gave you a little extra boost. And, but your bike was lighter than all the carts, so the carts could spin you out more. In this game, they removed that pop-a-wheelie feature okay. from, whatever, from what I've read online, unless 
the forum I went to was just stupid. And they removed that feature, so bikes and carts are, are much more kind of the same weight. And everything is smoother. So you know how, like, in Mario Kart 64, we'll say, because everyone's played that, when you spin out, you know, you get hit, and it's like, wow, 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 and you spin around a few times, and you're stopped at a dead stop. Right. And then you start again. That happens rarely in this game. That happens if you get hit with, like, a green shell or a red shell. But if you knock into another cart or even hit a lot of the uh, obstacles in the tracks themselves, like a spiky cactus thing or a Goomba, you'll kind of spin while you keep moving forward and you'll lose some momentum, but you... Keep moving that direction. You kind of keep moving that way pretty quickly. Okay. Similarly, when you fly off the track and Lakitu, or Lakitu, if you like to sound sophisticated, when Lakitu picks you up with this fishing pole, it's not like it takes a few seconds, he flies in, the screen blacks out, he picks... It's not like all that drama. He he just kind of swoops in right away and drags you right onto the track and kind of drops you as you're moving. So and it's snappier. The game is snappier. It's much snappier. Like, there's... The momentum kind of continues throughout the whole thing. It's a very smooth experience, which is very cool. And it's more skill-based. There's still some randomness and still some times where you get really pissed off because you're on the last lap and you get hit with, like, three things. Blue shells don't even care about that much. It's, like, the other stuff. And there's actually a counter for the blue shell. They have this, like, horn siren thing. And if you get it and hang on to it, then... You can use it, and it kind of creates a shockwave that blasts out of your character and hits everything near you. It eliminates, like, banana peels and shells and things like that, but supposedly it also will destroy the blue shell if the blue shell is coming for you. Okay. So there's one counter. Now, I've never gotten that box when I was in first, so I think it's kind of tricky to, like, get and keep, but that's there. And, uh, and the way that they have implemented it being more skill-based is you collect coins in the course. I don't know if this was in the other games. That was in not. the original Super Nintendo version, and I think I thought... there was one other version it was in. Okay, yeah. So they brought that back. So you collect coins during the race, and you can get up to 10. And they speed and you up, right? They speed you up. Yep. So very smart, very well implemented. If you have 10 coins and you're in first place and you just rock the hell out of half a lap, pretty much everyone's in the dust, even on 150cc. So, barring something hitting you, which happens more rarely if you're that far ahead, it's uh, you're in pretty good shape to win. So, in that way, it's become more skill-based, which is really nice and pretty cool. Okay. So, the game also moves very, very quickly. Like, really fast. I was playing 150cc... And the way that the tracks, like, wrap around... So you you know how Mario Galaxy was a transcendent experience for you? Right. As a gamer? This game does similar things with gravity. So they'll have, like, a ramp on the left side of the track with a little blue strip on it. If you run up the blue strip, then you stick to that wall, the camera perspective changes, and now you're on the left wall. And you're racing. And it sticks you on the left wall for a while and then plops you back in the regular part. And a lot of the new tracks in this game are constantly switching gravity on you. So at one point in the New Rainbow Road, there's actually a part where you may be driving on, you know, kind of flat surface uh, parallel to the ground. Well, half the other half of the racers are parallel to the ground above you. 
So they're literally like above you on that stretch of track. It's like a tunnel. You're on the bottom half. They're on the top half. Wow. Which is really cool. They do some really cool things with it. It can be a little... I thought during multiplayer split screen, playing only... Like if we had stuck to only new tracks, it got a little almost dizzying. Because oh, for of how, sure. That yeah. kind of sounds like that if that's if that's changing gravity perspective like repeatedly. Yeah, it's implemented super well and it's amazingly fun in single player. I just think extended experience for split screen because of the size of the screen maybe made it a little... Um, not a headache, but like a little hard to focus on. Right. But overall, I really like it. And they've implemented little tiny things like that into a lot of the track remakes, which is really, really cool. So that's like the big change. And the other thing is if you get launched into the air, a lot of times in these tracks, you have a hang glider or a parachute or, or parasail or whatever. And you can tilt the control stick up or down to... Uh, kind of change how deep to change your dis- pitch yeah to change your pitch so there are parts where you'll launch off a, a really huge ledge and turn into hang glider mode and then you can land on the upper half of track by choking up or you can land on the bottom half of track more quickly to like collect coins maybe if someone spins out because if you get hit then you drop three coins and i'm assuming those are ways to like uh those are ways to like maybe hit a hit a shortcut in a track or something yeah, like that. Yeah, shortcuts to a degree. Not super short, but but a little bit. Sure. I haven't discovered any you know substantial shortcuts other than the ones where you just cut through part of the track with mushrooms. I haven't discovered any any really substantial, substantial shortcuts, which is nice because that way new gamers, you know, don't have to know the tracks by heart to, to kind of sure. get through it. So um those are the main changes, the hang glider and the speed and kind of the smoothness. So it's a very smooth experience. And it's it's beautiful. It's really good. The graphics are gorgeous. You start racing, and in single-player mode, it's an incredibly clean heads-up display. The only thing on the screen is the item. If the item box appears, you have an item in the top. In the very bottom left, it shows you how many coins you have and what place you're in, and that's it. Mm-hmm. There's like, no mini. There's no mini map of the map. No mini map of the map. Okay. Which I'm not. I don't love that. You can toggle the mini map on your Wii U gamepad, but yeah, you're not like, going to want to look down at that in the middle of racing, though. Right. You can't really look down at it in the middle of racing, and then other players are at a disadvantage. I I get what they were doing. I understand why they removed it. I think they just wanted a very clean, like, beautiful HD experience where you're just racing and focusing on the stuff. And I think it, it looks awesome. Don't get me wrong. I've played through all the cups a couple times now. I really like the decision overall. I, like, I wish they would give you an option to toggle the minimap in the corner. And maybe I just missed it. You know? We're unqualified gamers. I Maybe I just have to hit select or something and it'll pop up. Yeah, but but it's not there by default, so that's that's a little kind of whatever. And on the gamepad, on the gamepad you can do a couple things. You can either toggle it so that you're playing the game on the gamepad, or you can toggle the minimap on the gamepad, or you can make it so there's a horn on the gamepad, so you honk your horn by pressing the button in the middle of the gamepad. I know nice. you're really excited about that. That was one of the things I really wanted. I know you were gonna buy the game almost for that. I know that's I was close. Yeah. So the gamepad um, has a couple different little bells and whistles. It also does tell you like what place everybody's in, which is very nice. Okay. On the left. So that's uh, that's a lot of the major stuff. They brought back the time trial mode where you can race against yourself and ghosts have ghosts and things. 
which of course you can now upload to the Wii verse, me verse, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, for other people and things like that, there is a versus mode. Versus mode's kind of interesting. You know, versus usually is you pick a couple races and then you just race against whatever. It's like heads up racing. Yes. Is yeah. That a, well, I think yeah. it's just like a racing against one other person. Usually, was versus mode. Uh, well, in this versus mode, you can basically customize a Grand Prix. So you can be like, I want to race these courses, and I'm going to set the items to, like, shells only or bananas only or items off or mushrooms only or and things like that, Just but bombs random. only. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you can set them to that, and then you can set, like, the AI difficulty, you know, the speed, obviously. So there's a bunch of different, like, little options you can tweak, which is very cool, especially the no items one if you're really sick of that. And then uh, can you put Fox only Final Destination? Yeah, Fox only Final Destination is all I've played. And then uh, so you've got all those options. And then for multiplayer, for online multiplayer, well, okay, for local, so you've got Grand Prix, Time Trial, uh, versus and Battle Mode, which I'll get to. Online lobby, same thing. You you can just play races against people. The online system set up really great. It's very smooth. You can either do just races. Or battle, and they give you rankings. Like you get points for whatever place you get. You get zero points for getting ninth place. If you get anything better than ninth, you get positive points. If you get tenth, eleventh, or twelfth, you get negative points. Okay, which makes sense. And in the lobby, it gives you uh, three track options or random. You pick one, and everybody everybody is voted, and then it does a roulette to determine what wins. So that's kind of cool. So that. You know, if everybody in the world is in love with Rainbow Road N64, it's not going to happen every time it comes up. Right. And uh, that way it adds a little bit more randomness. But it, it's fun. So I I like Grand Prix a lot. I like multiplayer a lot. I liked the online stuff a lot. Um, those are all the best things about the game. Okay. Now I'll go into some other stuff. So you didn't talk about battle mode. Which so, is which is always battle mode was always the thing. Like to be perfectly honest, that was always my favorite thing about Mario Kart. It really was. And, I okay. I loved Grand Prix, but the battle mode was the one where we would sit there and play it for four or five hours at a time and just bullshit in the battle mode. And have you heard anything about battle mode? No, I just assumed it was kind of the same as it's kind of always been. You honestly haven't heard anything about battle mode? No. Okay. No, I don't know anything about this game pretty much at all other than this... there's a hand glider and like you can go underwater. Like that's all I, that's all I know about the Mario Kart 8. Well, then this will be fun. This will be interesting. The Mario Kart 8. Uh battle mode is different. And to be perfectly honest straight up front, I have never been a big fan of battle mode. I I'll play it for a couple races or whatever, but I I don't know. I could take or leave battle mode. I that was never a selling point for me. And it's not for this game. <laughs> That's perfect so, then, for you. In in this game, battle mode is you know, I've only played it online. I've not played it local. But online and well I know this is true of local, but I only had the online experience. You've got your three balloons, and it starts you at a random point on a track from the game, and you battle on the track. Like going around in a big circle? Uh, well, they start you in different locations on the track. So you can go either direction? Yes. That's weird. Yeah. Um, it has almost been... It's It's been almost universally panned by critics. 
uh, from what I've seen, every review or preview for the game that I've read has criticized battle mode. That's so weird because they've always had specific large like battle arenas. I know. In which and again, to battle. I have limited experience with battle mode. It seems like they choose the tracks that are at least a little more open and let you twist and turn a lot more, like that that overlap each other and intersect at certain places. So it's not like it's not like a circle you're driving around. Sure. You know, you're you're weaving in and out of each other. And the other thing you have to remember is it's got twelve people on it. There's not just four or eight people in battle mode, so it's a lot more frantic and hectic. That sounds awesome, actually. Um, yeah, so in that way, it's really fun. I actually didn't hate it. I, w- I was surprised. I came into it expecting so to that's your it. that's your glowing review. <laughs> that's back of the box quote. Cody yeah, Goff, back of the box I quote. didn't hate it. I did No, you know, for for as overwhelmingly negative as the reaction seemed to be. For battle mode, I I expected it to just be unplayable. Sure. And I played a few matches and I was like, this isn't that bad, really. Okay. You know, it is ha- hectic and frantic. Is the I mean, is that big complaint that critics have been lobbying against it that it it's not in its own arenas? Is that like the big the big problem? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's seems like that's not that big of a problem to me. Yes, and again, at the same time, it I think dedicated arenas would have been fantastic. But again, with twelve racers. I don't know. The courses are all gorgeous, and why not? And um, again, I've only played online. I the there was a bit of a lag issue for battle mode. I I played a lot of actual races online and had zero lag issues whatsoever. It's really really fun. But battle mode, I had a couple. Like I would crash head on into a guy with three green shells spinning around me, and like it wouldn't hit him. So. Um, it was a bit laggy, a bit a bit buggy, and we all know my internet connection is phenomenal, so I'm sure it wasn't that thing. Yeah, no, there's no way that it could be the internet connection. Right, so, you know, I kind of wish I had tried Battle Mode with my friends, but then I'm not sure how fun it would be with just four people, but I'm guessing there would be computer players in it as well, or at least that option, because uh, the game, all the modes well, are very... Well, not to mention you're sitting there on the couch getting pissed at each other, and that was that was the best part about Battle Mode. That was the best part. Uh, the the entire game's been very, very user-friendly with options, very option-friendly, so you can pretty much toggle on and off whatever you want, which is okay. very cool. So, wish I had tried battle mode locally, but that that's the that's probably what a lot of people who own this game or have read a lot about this game were, were waiting for me to talk about as battle mode and my thoughts. I, you know, I don't think it's really that bad. Uh, again, battle mode isn't my thing in general, but I played four or five games before we recorded today, and, you know, I had fun. I hit some things. Sure. I wish the lag hadn't been as bad, but, you know, it's kind of whatever. Um, there are a lot more racers. You get to play as any of the eight of the Koopa kids, which is very exciting for me. That's – I am on the edge. I'm pumped. I That's just amazing. Well, what's my favorite a, part – What's a Koopa kid? We were unlocking Koopa kids when my friends were over, and it just gives them their first name. It's like Iggy. Morton, Ludwig, and and I'm there like shouting, "Yes, I unlocked Morton Koopa Jr." Or like, "Yes, we unlocked Ludwig von Koopa," because I know their full names from Mario World. Mm-hmm. That was exciting for me. It's the little things for me, John. Mm-hmm. It's the really little things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Wendy. No, that's, that's Wendy is little. Wendy is Wendy O Koopa. Did you know that? I was hoping you were going to say she was really hot. She's also been, really hot. Dude, yeah, that so mouth. Let's not get started. I think she's like four. I think those Koopa kids are not old. For the record, my favorite racers are Metal Mario, which I think was the first one I unlocked, and 
pink gold peach, which is metal peach, but they oh, call me- her metal pink. Peach. It's metal peach, but they call okay. her pink gold. No, that's peach. fine. Metal peach is fine. That's good. So I, I found a combination with with uh, with pink gold peach and a bike that is pretty phenomenal, and I'm gonna kick some more ass with it. It'll be good. Good. Um. So, couple other things I want to mention that I don't love about this game mm-hmm. that I just want to prepare you for. That's okay to not love this game. To not no, love it's... parts of this game. That's okay. Um, you don't. You don't have to qualify that to me. It's true. I'm going to do it anyway. So there okay. You go. Well, thank you for doing that for me. Okay. Great. Because I so, was about to be pissed. So they have the time trial. Which... That is the stupidest thing that I have ever heard. How could you feel that way? So they have the time trial, which tells you your time, and you beat your time, which is great. In Grand Prix, when you finish a race, they don't give you your times. That's a weird choice. That bothers me. And I know that's nitpicky, but... Is the time you... trial with no items? Uh, Time trial is with three mushrooms. Okay, so that's why, I guess. Because, like, if you if you get nothing but superstars, obviously you're going to have a much better time. No, I'm talking about if you're playing Grand Prix. I know. I'm saying, like, in the Grand Prix, if you get just a bunch of stars, you're going to have a fantastic time. Are there also coins in time trial? Yes. Okay. But what, why wouldn't they have it in Grand Prix anyway? Yeah, well, I don't know why they wouldn't have it anyway. I mean, obviously they should just have it anyway. But I'm saying, like, maybe they're trying to keep the purity of the time trial. Or something. Uh, I don't, oh, look, I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. Okay. The fun for me... I have the, no, yeah, I have literally no reason why they care. wouldn't do that. Yeah, I, I just, what's fun for me is... When you're in second, you're in second, you're in second, you're in second, you cross the finish line and you got first. Somehow, because it was like, you know, a tenth of a second or a hundredth of a second difference. And seeing that on the screen was super fun in Mario Kart 64. Like, super fun to know, you know, like, oh, I beat you by like .03 seconds. Like, I loved that. So I don't know why they didn't put it in Grand Prix. That's weird to me. Like the mini map, I get that's that's in the heads up display during the race. That ex- that affects your experience. But this is just after the race. Right. Why don't you have the time there? They also removed the trophy ceremony. They added this. What? To- yeah, I know. What? I know. That does piss me off, man. <laughs> that was like the, that was the dumbest waste of time, but the most hilarious thing always. Come on. It, it was really campy, and I liked it too. So that, that's a little annoying, but. So their big things with this game is Mario Kart TV, MKTV. So after every race, it says view replay or next race. Now view replay will show like a, a like 30 to 60 second highlight reel of parts of the track where like someone got hit by a shell or it shows you kind of racing by someone and things like that. It's kind of cool. I don't care. I've never cared about replays in video games, or at least very rarely. Like I, I didn't, I didn't spend twenty hours in the Halo Three video editor. I get yeah, I don't it, care either. Yeah, I get that it's for some people, but like they push it really hard in this game. What is cool is that you can share it to the Miiverse. That's cool, mm-hmm. and you can share it. You can upload it directly to YouTube. So I actually almost directed uh, directly uploaded a video to our YouTube channel. Uh, no, that's pretty cool. 
That's pretty cool. So Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's the first game I know of to have functionality to go straight to YouTube, right? Uh oh, I'm sure there are others. I think even Halo might have, but uh first Nintendo game I know of. Yeah, but I didn't know about them, so this is the first. Oh, there you go. Okay, probably the first. So so it's cool. Um and at the end of the Grand Prix, it shows you a Mario Kart TV highlight reel of like a minute of the highlights from the 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 best highlights from the last four races you just raced. And then it just has a still screen with the total points everyone got and then a trophy. And that's it. There's no ceremony. It's kind of lame. Yeah, I was a little bummed about, you know, it's such a campy, stupid thing. You know, they play the dumb music and then you jump up on a little thing. It's like, I don't know, that would have been fun. But oh well. Uh, So those are the couple, like, nitpicky things I didn't like. But there was something that legitimately pissed me off playing this game. Okay. Like, I was really mad about this. And I'm probably the only person... I'm ready for it. My body is was, ready. The Mario Kart 64 remake of Rainbow Road has been reduced to one lap. So it's like a like a three and a half minute one lap track? No, I just played the time trial. One minute, 37 seconds. Can you even loop the song once? No. Well, that's kind of a bummer. I was furious. Why one like, lap? That's a weird choice. It's Well, it's not. Here's the thing. Overwhelmingly, Mario, Mario Kart 64 Rainbow Road, I was not aware of this, but overwhelmingly, a general internet sentiment is that that is the least favorite track in Mario Kart history. Oh, really? Which I never knew, but it's because the laps are two minutes long and they get boring. So it was like a six-minute, six-and-a-half-minute race. And and I get that that's a bit long when most other tracks are like 30 to 40 seconds a lap. I get that. It's too long. I get that. So I didn't realize how much people hated this. So, you know, I'm playing through all the cups and I get through all the special, you know, all the, all the remade tracks. And the final one is rainbow road. And I'm like, finally, I'm so jazzed. I listened to the remade soundtrack for the track, like a hundred times before this game came out like you really did you did it like, a lot you oh god i was so into the music yeah. i had the music stuck in my head like I'm, I'm all jazz i'm like it looks gorgeous it's gonna be super cool start the race and i'm flying and it's awesome the music is amazing it is beautiful it's you're flying along like they add all these boosters so you're just like and they they curve the track so you're like you know you're like driving and then you like swerve to the left and swerve to the right and it's all like twisty turny and it's awesome and i'm like this is fucking awesome this kicks ass i am so happy right now and i get like 30 seconds into it and it's like lap two and I'm like what so I'm like well I don't know what they're doing here so I'll just keep going I get another like 30 seconds into it and it's like final lap do 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 and I'm like really 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 and then the race is over the the song doesn't even loop once before it gets into like the like speed up mode and like restarts really fast oh that's a bummer I, that, that does have like the best. That's like the best music in the whole game. I don't know. There might be better music because I haven't even played the game yet. But that was a, you know, there's always great music in Rainbow Road. Yeah, the music's so good and it's so fun. And what they did with it makes it so fun and fast paced. Like you couldn't have done two laps. Yeah. You know, even three with the way they sped it up and added stuff. Like, 
they made it an incredibly fun, interesting course. It was boring before because there were long straightaways and long curves that you weren't driving on very quickly. Well, I'll tell you what. If your biggest complaint about the new Mario Kart game is that one of the 32 tracks is not long enough, and yes, it's your favorite track, but one of the 32 tracks is not long enough, that's probably a pretty good sign for the game. It is, and it is, and it is. And I, I don't mean to take away from the game. I'm not saying, like, don't buy it because they nerfed Rainbow Road, but I, I really don't want anybody that is hearing me talk right now go into the game anticipating a six-minute... Because I was... I'm, like, ready for it. You know, that six that six or seven minutes? Like, I'm ready. I You know, I, I got relaxed. I'm, like, leaning back, and I'm just like, all right, let's do this. I'm going to get comfortable. Let's do this. And then it's over in the blink of an eye, and I was yeah. so pissed. I was so pissed. I But I love the original track. But apparently, yes. apparently I'm in the minority, John. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't have any problems with the original track. I didn't realize it was such a hated thing. I don't know. Yeah, I Googled it, and it's on a lot of people's lists. And, and, and a ton of people are praising Nintendo because, like, they, shortened, they fixed Rainbow Road 64. They fixed it. It's awesome now, and blah, blah, blah. And, like, they're right. It's fun as hell now. It's, it, is, it could be the most fun track in the entire game. And that's great, but for me, it's too short. So, so overall, you'd say get this game. It's good. I would, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised with how much I like it. That's good. I, the first few times I played it, and I think it was because it was 100 CC that I was playing. I was kind of, kind of take it or leave it. A, not take it or leave it, but I was like, okay, it's another Mario Kart game. But, but today I played a bunch of 150 CC, and you just, you fly, you fly so fast. The difficulty is is palpable in uh, 150 cc. It, it just it's good. And it's, it's very literal, literally palpable. It's it's literally palpable. It's very fast paced and creative. Um, actually, I did have one other complaint that you will be able to relate to as a person that critiques game design, and that is I've unlocked several bikes and carts now. So you customize your your bike slash cart. Your wheel, there's like wooden wheels, small wheels, big wheels. Probably shouldn't use a wooden wheel if other people are using like rubber, sophisticated wheels. It just, just doesn't seem like a good decision. It's true. So you get, you know, your bike or cart, and then you pick your wheel or whatever, and then you pick your hang glider type, you know, air thing. But I have no idea what any of them do. Like, oh, they don't have like statistics? No. That is weird. And if they are different, that is dumb. You know, I've, I've actually never looked down at the gamepad while selecting them, but... Maybe you should do that. Maybe there's some information on there. Yeah, maybe there is. But but for multiplayer, why not put the information on the screen? Agreed. I mean, so I, assu- I assume this means that you haven't played any of Watch Doges. Oh, no, uh, I haven't. Watch Doggies. No, I'll get to that in one second. I'm almost done. Dig Doggies. No, dig, dig I'll get dog. to that. I'll get to that in a second. Okay. Um... Isn't that weird though? It's 2014. Yeah, no, that is really weird. And if that actually, if that information is not anywhere, that first of all, I don't think that that's true. I think you're just missing it. It's probably on the gamepad. If that information is not there, I that would make zero sense. Yeah, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say don't use the wooden wheels though. Right. I mean, I know it's all online, but like, I don't. It'd be nice if I could just play the game and look at a thing. You know, it's probably on the gamepad. I'm an idiot. I'll update you next week. Um, final thing. Get the sound. It is the best. It is the best video game soundtrack of the year. You know they nailed it with New Super Mario World 3D U Brothers: The Return of Super Mario Brothers Lightning Returns U. Yeah, and they like that soundtrack was also amazing. So they've been doing a lot of great stuff, I think, at Nintendo with their soundtracks. So yeah, I believe I believe that. 
Yeah. I mean, you remember when I was uh, visiting you in Minneapolis a few weeks ago, how I just put you on... You kind of just played that. Uh, yeah, you really did. I, I accidentally may have drunkenly passed out on one of your recliners and listened to the Mario Kart 8 soundtrack on repeat on YouTube for seven hours. Mm-hmm. I think you did. True story. But... It's so good. It's John. It's so good. It's all jazzy and like the saxophones. Oh God, so good. It's so good. Listen to it when you're like not at work sometime, but like I don't know. Listen to it sometime. Okay, I will. While you're playing Hearthstone, I, I don't really play Hearthstone anymore. Which is all you do is play Hearthstone. I don't. I really haven't played Hearthstone because in like all you do ever weeks. is play Hearthstone. I really don't. I haven't. The done only that. game you've played in the last probably year and a half is Hearthstone. It's not true at all. Actually, so listen to the Mario Kart Eight soundtrack when you're playing Hearthstone, and I think we'll all be good. So what's going on with Watch Dogs? Because um, I'm hey, interested in Watch Dogs. Well, I'm holding in my hand a sealed copy of Watch Dogs. So it's still sealed. So you obviously haven't played it unless There's you bought two copies. Particular reason why it's sealed. Okay, I'm listening. You saw my epic unboxing video of Mario Kart 8. It was very good. Listener, if you have not seen the unboxing of Mario Kart 8, go watch Cody unbox Mario Kart 8 on our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com. That's a website where you can see videos, youtube.com slash unqualified gamers. It's actually slash unqualified podcast. Slash unqualified. That's what I just said. Yeah. Youtube.com slash unqualified podcast. Yeah, because we registered it before we rebranded. So, yeah, uh, it's pretty fun. So, Watch Dogs takes place in Chicago. And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great if I did an unboxing video in downtown Chicago at, like, a recognizable location like The Bean in Millennium Park, which is actually called Cloud Gate. There's your trivia for the day. So we can look for that in the near future? Yeah, because obviously an unboxing video is better when it's done on location. Sure. I'll be unboxing this game on the location of the game, which I would have done with Mario Kart 8, but tickets to the Mushroom Kingdom are ridiculous this time of year. You're Summertime. Talking about, you're talking about drugs, right? What? You're talking about drugs, right? Like doing lots of drugs to get to the Mushroom Kingdom? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, Watch Dogs will hit up next week. Have you heard much about it? I want I want to know about it. Oh, all right. I've got a well, coworker that absolutely loves it. So well, now you know all about Mario Kart Eight. Good. I'm glad that you. I'm glad you talked about it. I want to talk very briefly about something that is it's video game related, but it is not a specific video game, and it is one new way that uh, Valve is trying to take over the spot of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, to be Gabe Newell, our Lord and Savior. Um, so a, a couple months ago, Valve started beta-ing um, in-home streaming. Which, if you... Valve's been baiting? If you didn't uh, opt into the the Valve bait, Valve's beta program, you wouldn't know anything about this, because um, your Steam would just operate on a normal basis like it always has. Um, which, I am not a member of their beta stuff. I didn't know anything was going on. But, they just released the full and final version, and this actually will apply to you, so listen up, you son of a bitch. Me? Yes, you. I just said you. So, they released the full and final version of their in-home streaming. Now, the way that this works is you have an in-home Wi-Fi network. Yours sucks balls, but you have one. Um, Most people do. You used to not be able to connect multiple systems to Steam at the same time. If you had Steam operating on one of your PCs and you went and signed in on another PC, it would log you off. Now what happens is you log on to Steam on your various PCs, 
and they basically link together. And you are able to use, to launch a game from a beefier computer and stream it to any computer you want that can install Steam. This includes my wife's Apple Air, right? Her, Which her... you're always complaining is too slow to run Diablo 3. Exactly. So, I bring this up because Diablo 3 is not even a Steam game. But but you can load non-Steam games into Steam. Have you ever done that? What? No. Okay. Why? It's because some games some games require like some dumb proprietary launcher, like some EA games that require Origin, or some Ubisoft games that require uh, UPlay, right? They don't allow you to go through Steam to launch them, but you can add them to Steam. Well, Steam's Steam streaming streaming system is so robust that you can add these programs launch them from Steam and they launch just the same as another any other program that would that would launch from Steam streaming. So I'll just just give you an example of what I'm doing. I'm sitting upstairs now because you know I sit up and and hang out with my wife and Max when he's up there and uh she's watching some TV show that I have zero interest in, but I'm still hanging out with her in the living room, but I want to play Diablo 3. Well, I've always just played Diablo 3 on her on her Apple Air, and it's been fine. It's been it's been passable. Um, I have to put all of the settings to the lowest settings, and it still hitches a little bit. It's not. I mean, the computer was not made for video games, right? Um, but I do it just because it. Again, it works, and I'm still able to hang out with them. Now, what I can do is I can launch Diablo three through Steam. It syncs through my through my wireless system launches from my downstairs computer at full settings and whatever voodoo they have in involves back-end technology whatever voodoo is going on there runs it without any lag at all zero like zero lag at full settings so Diablo 3 is not a graphically intense game I could run that game on my computer no problems anyway Right, I could run that like I could run that on the on the Apple Air with slight slowdown at the lowest settings, but I could still run it. So that's not like a big deal, right? Um, I don't I don't think that's very impressive. Okay, so I was like, me neither. I, like, I think that's unimpressive. I was like, what can I do that's a little more impressive? How can I up my game, as the Viagra commercial would say? So um, is it the Viagra commercial or is it Pradaxa? You it's know, one I of those, watch Viagra commercials. It's one of those medications. So I said, how can I up my game? So I launched. Batman Arkham Origins from my wife's Apple Air. It ran with the same resolution and speed as it did on my downstairs computer on my big screen. On my wife's Apple Air. Like, without a graphics card. It streamed it to my wife's laptop. You mean now, if MacBook Air. If that doesn't impress you... Look, I don't have Apple computers. I don't know what they are. If that doesn't impress you, I don't know what's going to impress you. It was. It was mind-blowing the first time I did it because it ran perfectly. So, it was it was incredible it was incredible. Uh, how do they do it? I don't know. That's what I said. They've got some sort of weird voodoo on their on their back end now that's doing this. But it is it is it is it's impressive. It's so impressive and it it doesn't really matter for your average Joe because your average Joe has their PC set up. Like, we are still the minority in that we've got our PCs attached to our TVs. Average Joe Gamer still has PC attached to um, 
monitor. Their, their, moni- their monitor at a desk, right? Um, so, but for people like you and me, who like maybe you want to take your uh, laptop into the bedroom and in between rounds of masturbation, you want to play a game off of Steam, but you want to lay in bed while you're doing that. So you just launch that from Steam on your laptop. Your laptop, your $500 laptop that you got because you needed to do word processing at the coffee shop, you fucking hipster, say that's what you want to do. Well, now you can launch that from Steam and you can play it like you were playing it on your living room PC, your big, beefy, enormous ballsack living room PC. Your virile PC full of semen. I don't... I lost what the analogy. Your, what I, is your... I lost the thread. I look, the point is... The point is... You with sex at this the, juncture. The, the point is, is you can use your strongest PC anywhere in your house, as long as you have a way to connect to Steam. And that is amazing. And once Steam boxes become a thing that's, like, legit, you'll just be able to buy a Steam box, plug that into your into your TV, if you're average Joe Gamer, and just str- stream it that way. I don't... It's just... it. It's really cool. It's really cool. So how do I get in the beta? No, it's not a beta anymore. You have it. It's all people connected to Steam. So okay. all you got all you got to do is download Steam on one of your laptops. Make sure it's launched from your your den PC, the PC that's in your living room. Make sure that it's already launched there and as soon as you connect to Steam through your wireless network on your laptop, you can launch any of your Steam games that are that are installed on that living room PC on your laptop, and it'll just stream it. So what about seamlessly? What about inputs? Can you plug a controller into your yes. laptop? Yeah, all of the inputs go through the computer you're playing on. They get sent to the PC that is running the game, somehow without lag, and it gets processed at that PC. And then the whatever graphical changes happen get pushed back to you. And you're sure there's no lag? I played. I played because I, I know played, the only game you've played is Hearthstone, and so I'm I've, concerned. I've played a lot of Diablo three that way because it is a much better experience streaming from my PC downstairs. I also played some Batman just to see if I could. It so, was, Bl- so Blizzard was, got the rights to use Batman in Hearthstone. Yeah, well, yeah, because that's the only game I've been playing. Okay. Look, you can tell I'm really excited about this because it's really cool. And it's something that... The thing is, is like, this is the kind of thing that's not going to make... It doesn't, like, inherently make Valve money. It's not something they they did to, like, turn a profit on it. They did it just because it's f***ing cool and they can do it. And they, like, have the means to do it. And are you happy they're doing that? No, it's the probably, like, the worst thing I've ever seen. I'd give it an 8 out of 10. Good to know. So what do you think Valve is going to do at uh, E3 this year, then? I don't think Valve's going to be at E3. Although I did hear that Left 4 Dead 3 is like a for sure thing, so maybe that'll be there. Why would Valve not be at E3? Don't don't they couldn't they just do their own thing now? Don't they just do their normal own thing? I don't know. Oh, and I also saw I also saw a fantastic tweet just to so so uh you know that Valve is still like is moving even further up the pantheon of gods. Um Dota, right? Dota 2, which is the Valve, it's basically the Valve League of Legends. Um, defense of the Ancients. No, it's actually just Dota. They don't have. Well, it used to be Defense of the Ancients. It did, and now and then it's Dota. Look, it doesn't matter. So Valve, Valve, Valve's Dota Two is is the Valve's League of Legends. They create prize pools for their tournaments by selling in-game items. 
Okay, that's how they create the prize pools for the games. I think that is different than Riot, who makes League of Legends, because I believe that they just go through sponsors to get their prize pools. So Valve, Valve collects the prize pools from people that play the game. The prize pool for the national, cha- or like the international championship, like the the world championship this year, has now exceeded that of the 2014 Masters, the Golf Masters. The amount of Are money, you serious? Yes, the amount of money that is up for grabs in Dota's championship tournament, their international championship tournament, is more than was available in the 2014 PGA Masters competition. If that's not cool to you as a gamer, I don't know what is. Like if you that that is like like it is getting legitimized as an e- as a sport, which is really cool. That is awesome. That's yeah. that's really awesome. So that's just kind of something cool that I saw today. So you don't think Valve is going to be at E3? I'm sure they'll be at E3. I you know what Left 4 Dead 3 will probably be at E3. Well, I want to hear your E3 predictions as we've been teasing it this entire episode, and we have a question from a listener right now. So, uh, my first prediction is that Valve will be at E3, like I just said this whole time. I said Valve was going to be at E3. They're going to be at E3, and they're pro- they're going to have Left 4 Dead 3. That's what they're going to have. I win. I win E3. The question is, hey guys, Andre here. I have one quick question for you. What is one game you would like to see from an older series make a comeback at E3? Left for Dead, I think, would be the one I'd want to see. And I actually, think, no, no, I was just saying that because I was just talking about Left for Dead. Oh, that was a joke. It was. I've heard of those. Mm-hmm. Never made your, one. Your improv classes taught you all of. Or them. understood one. Improv is not jokes. It's not. So the, the first thing that came to mind was Mega Man, but we all know that's not going to happen. Am I no, right? No, it it's already happening. We're getting Mighty Number no. Nine. Like that's it. Come on, it is Mega Man. It's not. You don't have to. That's, it is. It's not Mega it is. Man. What? Really, How is really it? Not. It is like it is. It's totally Mega Man. Okay. So you're you're already getting Mega Man. Uh huh. You know what I'd like to see is them remake Final Fantasy VII. You know what I would like to see another game in in the series of would be um I would want to see a return to form and it's this is the first thing coming to my mind so it's it's probably not my best answer but the first thing I can think of is to make a Suikoden game that was like Suikoden 1 or 2. Because those two games were... They were some of the best Japanese role-playing games on the PlayStation. They were really good. Suikoden 2, in particular, was one... Like, that was one of the best games of that entire generation. And then 3, 4, and 5 were all kind of not great. I think. And so I would like to see them kind of return to form and make another Suikoden game. I don't even know if Konami is, like, on that ship at all anymore, though. I don't know if they're... I don't know if they even make role-playing games anymore. They're, I mean, Konami's the one that makes uh, that makes uh, Castlevania, right? Correct. So they're probably still they're so up their ass, up, up their own ass with Castlevania Lords of Shadow stuff that they probably won't do something like that. But that's what I would like to see. I think would be a Suikoden game. And I think that's what I would like to see is another side-scrolling Castlevania game. We have not gotten one of those in a while. I feel like you might get your wish. You think? Maybe, well. If not a side-scrolling Castlevania game, then you'll get a side-scrolling Metroid game. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's going to be there. I, that would be... Are you, I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. No, I'm being serious. Uh, what I'm really hoping is that it's not 3DS, 3DS only. I want one on the Wii U. I want one that looks beautiful on my big screen TV. 
like a new Super Metroid kind of thing? Yeah, Metroid to me is all about atmosphere and a feeling of isolation. And I just, I, I don't get that feeling on a 3DS. Like, it's just not what I go to portable gaming for. Yeah, it's it's hard to land that same ambiance. But you played, wasn't there a game you played called Ghost Trick? Yeah. On yeah. the 3DS, and didn't that have some creepy horror elements? No, it was funny. I mean, that game was a it was a it was a humorous game. Wrong game. There was a horror game you played on the 3DS, though, wasn't there? No, I've never played a, a horror game on the 3DS. Okay. I just I I can't see it working. Yeah, I get you. I get you. I uh, yeah. Like hor- horror horror as like a genre. And you could you could lump Metroid into uh, as into a horror game. Horror re- like it requires immersion of the player, because they like they ha- you have to get investment. You have to get emotional investment from the player, and it's hard to get emotional investment in a game where, in a in like a in like a game on a handheld where you're constantly picking it up and putting it down. I mean, just in general, that's how handhelds are played. That's why your 3ds goes into sleep mode instantly when you close it. Makes sense. Yeah, and so like it, like the horror as a genre is not easy to do on a handheld system. So yeah, I guess I would like to see a side-scrolling Metroid. I mean, I guess I didn't say side-scrolling Metroid because that just feels unlikely. But if they were to put a side-scrolling Metroid on a console, like you said, that would be great. But barring that, I would take Castlevania. I would take another I th- Castlevania. I think we're gonna get one. I think we're gonna get a side-scrolling Metroid, and I, I th- I'm fairly sure it's going to be on the 3ds well that sucks mr pessimist look i'm being i'm a realist i'm not a pessimist metroid fusion was fun it was but it was not as fun as super metroid to me and it was not as fun as metroid prime nothing was as fun as metroid prime i know you love metroid prime i did love metroid prime but uh super metroid and we've talked about this with the ambiance i told you what my ex-girlfriend said at one point when uh when I was playing it or watching it. Oh, I was watching the Let's Play at uh, Awesome Games Done Quick in 2013. It must have been 2013, mm-hmm. a year ago, and they were speedrunning Super Metroid, and she even commented, like, after the after after we hadn't even been watching it, it was, like, later that day, she was like, that game just looked really lonely and, like, isolated, and it was kind of depressing or something like that. And it was it, this was just from watching a room full of people speedrun the game. Like that's how well they do the ambiance in that game. Yeah, and that's what it's like all. Of, that's what it's all about. Yeah. So, and I agree. I agree. It's really, really good. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. So, I hope that answers your question, Andre. Thank you for the question. And as for other E3 predictions, you know, I have heard a couple other podcasters have predicted that they think that Nintendo is going to introduce a GameCube Virtual Console on the Wii U. I think that that is almost a guarantee. Um, listener, if you don't know, Nintendo just announced that you would be able to use a a GameCube adapter. Of course, it'll be sold separately. I'm assuming it's going to be like forty dollars. It's going to be out. It's going to be dumb priced, and you know it. But you're going to be able to buy a GameCube a GameCube controller adapter for your for your Wii U to play. Why didn't they just put it in the damn system like they did with the Wii? Whatever. Um, and and so because of that, there's a lot of thought that they're going to just go and make... They're saying it's for Super Smash, Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Specifically. It's a peripheral that is specifically so you can use GameCube controllers with Super Smash Brothers. I'm sorry, whatever the new Super Smash Brothers is called, not Brawl. Smash Brothers 4. 4, sure. Th- that's what they're saying it's for. In reality, it is most likely 
for this GameCube Virtual Console. So I don't think that that's a stretch at all. I don't think that that's a bold prediction. And point of order with the price, I could see them packing it in with Smash Brothers. Or at least offering a pack-in version for 70 or 80 maybe. If they did that, it would be fantastic. I just don't... I don't know. Remember I don't Wii it. Sports Resort? That was a video game that came with the uh, Wii Motion Plus peripheral. That's true. You know, I, th- I think it's within the realm of possibility. They and I, would I, be making a... I tell you what. If they decide that that's what they want to do and pack that in with Super Smash Bros. 4... They would be making an incredibly bold statement about where they want Smash Brothers to be as like a fighting game. Because that basically says, hey, you need a GameCube controller to really play this game correctly. We're even going to give you the ability to do that. You just have to get the controller now. But you better do that because otherwise you kind of won't stand a chance. I don't think it would be so much a bold statement as it would be a GameCube Virtual Console seller. Because let's say they release the GameCube Virtual Console and you don't get Smash Brothers. Well, then, well, if I want to get a GameCube game, I have to buy this peripheral. Well, why don't I just buy Smash Brothers? uh, Maybe I explained that wrong. What I'm trying to say is if they pack it in, people will be more likely to download GameCube games because they already have the adapter and a GameCube controller. Sure. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. I was articulating that incorrectly. So I you think it would be think to their... You would think they would have this giant warehouse of GameCube controllers just stocked up. What if they just did one GameCube controller, the adapter, and Super Smash Bros. Brawl, all for like 80 bucks? I'd buy it. I'd yeah, buy that for that a sounds, dollar. <laughs> absolutely. That sounds like a fantastic idea. It would be. It would be. And again, they I They won't do it. Nintendo could be just placing a bet on their GameCube virtual console. Maybe they just say, you know, we'll give it to them for an extra... We'll make Smash Bros. $70 have it required that you have to get out the GameCube controller adapter at, or even 60 and give it away for free, they eat the cost and then hope that people download GameCube games because they can charge more for them. They're not yeah. going to charge 5 bucks for Smash Brothers Melee. They're going to charge 15 or 20 People look back fondly on, on, uh, on the GameCube, and it had some good games, but I don't think it was like the be-all and end-all of systems. I mean, especially with PlayStation 2 around during that generation. Sure. I think it had some really good games. Skies of Arcadia, Star Fox Assault, supposedly Skies was of, funny. Skies of Arcadia, you can get on the Wii. Oh, well, whatever then. Look, point is, there's good stuff. Mario and Sunshine, I heard, was really good. Very underrated, supposedly. Yeah, um, I liked Mario Sunshine. Wait, you never played it? No. Really? Correct. That's really surprising to me. It's the only 3D Mario game I haven't played. Yeah, 3D Mario games are where it's at for me. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I you know I got new Super Mario Brothers Wii for free for getting Mario Kart Eight. Super, new Super Mario Brothers Wii. That game's pretty good. I got that with my with. Yeah, my that's Wii U. the side-scrolling one you got with your Wii U. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's, you, it's you know sides... Mario Kart. You know, you know Mario Kart. I know, I know. Okay, I know. It Came with a free game. It comes with free stuff. Yeah. Well, the only two I didn't own were that and Pikmin Three, and I thought about Pikmin Three because I'm because I already have Mario 3D World. If I want. I've already for if I have a house full of people and they want to play a game, I've got Mario 3D World for the more hardcore, and I've got Mario Kart for everyone. So it's like, do I really need new Super Mario Brothers Wii U or whatever? And you, and you is, said yes, I do. But apparently, I do. Okay. So now I have all of these games. So if people ever come over, except wait, I'm not. 20 anymore so that doesn't happen so I'm just going to play them by myself and cry myself to sleep every night like I always do right 
Do we really not have any other E3 predictions? Is Oculus Rift going to be at uh, E3? Well, I mean, now that it's with Facebook, probably not. I, I mean, I think that... I think you might see some... Here's here's my biggest fear for E3, uh, is that we're going to see a lot of... We're going to see a lot of games, like um, new, new games at... Um, Sony's booth and at Xbox's Xbox's stuff, except their like their release dates are going to be in 2015, and I bet in some in some cases it's going to be 2016. Like I've got this I've got this bad fear that there are games are way further out with these new systems than people realize. Yeah, I mean, the only game I'm looking forward to on the next gen consoles, other than Smash Brothers, is Metal Gear Solid Five. I can't even think of another one I care about. There is one that I there is one that I think sounds really good. Have you ever heard of Evolve? No. Okay, it's an e, it's a new EA franchise that's that's coming out, and I want to say it's in October this year is the release date, and it is a um, it's either a first or third person shooter that is asymmetrical. It's a five player battle arena basically and one player plays a monster that basically a, a, a one of a variety of different monsters that has different evolutions and then four other players play classes in a class based shooting game almost a little bit asymmetrical like um left for dead except that one person is basically always the tank yeah that could be pretty fun yeah I think it sound the idea sounds awesome, and from all of like the initial reports, the game is really, really good. So, um, and how I'm, much how much is EA charging per multiplayer game? Two dollars per game after the initial sixty dollars buy-in. Okay, that's, that's not bad. I know it seems like it could rack up by a little steep, but you know what? Go outside. Don't play games all the time. I'm getting mixed mixed messages from you here. Yeah. Um, what else? Xbox is probably going to have Halo 5 there. I think that that's... Is it weird? So, like, even talking about making E3 predictions, it, like, I don't want to say I don't follow the industry because clearly I read stuff about video games all the time and I'm on Google Plus all the time, but I, I feel like there's... You hear about... If you hear about Mario or Zelda or Metroid or any Nintendo property, it's like, oh, yeah, that's Nintendo's thing. And anybody else, if it's like, oh, we're making Watch Dogs or we're making this or we're making that, it's just this amorphous category of every other well, video like i don't i mean I don't... watch dogs is on two different platforms so like you're like you know there aren't it aren't it isn't just it used to be 10 years ago it used to be just like the consoles the companies were like the important part like sony was the important part microsoft 10 years ago wasn't the important part but you know uh sony was the important part and nintendo was the important part now it's the it's the third parties that are the important part for companies that aren't Nintendo. So, like, EA's press conference is important. Activision's press conference is important. Ubisoft's press conference is important. Square Enix has a press conference, usually. Theirs is important. Um, like, we should probably see more Kingdom Hearts 3, I would think. Um, we should probably see more Final Fantasy 15 at, at Square's. That's true. Um, I guess I'm looking forward to that too. Almost as forgot. as well as I could see us getting maybe a release date, because I don't think we have one yet. Nope. No, but I bet it's going to be like February 2015. You know, probably something like that. But so we'll probably see that at at Square. I I bet you Square Square brings back something. I'll make a prediction here on Square. I bet they bring back some old role playing game franchise. 
because they talked a couple months ago about how they wanted to rediscover their their roots of their um, of their Japanese role playing game development. Do you remember that that story? Nope, but that sounds cool. Yeah, so they like they mentioned that they want to get back into making classic Japanese role playing games. So I can see them rather than just trying to do that with a new, a completely new franchise, jumping in with one that everybody knows. Okay, well the only two I can think of off the top of my head that would be amazing are Chrono Trigger and Secret of Mana. What other, and well I guess Dragon Quest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could. They could do another console Dragon Quest. They did mention Dragon Quest would probably be there. Yeah, um, I mean, wouldn't they do that anyway? Though, isn't Dragon Quest like Final Fantasy? They're gonna keep making them forever. Yeah, they did just come out with a the, that multiplayer one in Japan. So I don't know if they've got if they had a bunch of plans to make a new one. But are there other franchises besides the Saiken Denetsu, Secret of Mana series, and Chrono Trigger? Oh my gosh, I'm sh- I'm sure there are. There, yes, there absolutely are. There's a ton of franchises that Square had. Oh, I'm glad like, that we're so unqualified we can't think of any. Like like the the Saga series was Square. Saga Frontier was Square? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Any role, Basically, any role-playing game that you ever played f- for PlayStation or PlayStation 2 was Square. Yeah, I didn't play a lot of role-playing games for... I mean, I played The Breath of Fire 3, which is Capcom, which is garbage... Because that game is stupid, and so are you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, Lufia in the Fortress of Doom, that was Luf- Super Nintendo, but that was Tato. Yeah, but that was that was Tato, but I, I think Square actually has the rights to that. Well, what? Actually, Natsu might have, might have the rights to that. So if not Lufia, then Lunar, Silver Story, also not Square? No, that was not Square. That was working design. And, yeah. So basically, that. I've completely debunked your stupid, terrible argument. No, they definitely have a ton of of properties. We just aren't qualified. Of, we just aren't thinking of any of them. Okay, that's cool. Well, if since neither of us have access to a computer, so, let's move so on like, to other. Like Xenogears could come back. That's a huge one. Um, that would actually be incredible. Brave Fencer Musashi is them. Um, Bahamut Lagoon, which was one that was Japan only, was them that was a big deal. Parasite Eve. Um, Parasite Eve, that's right. Like you said, Chrono Trigger. Um, uh, Urheiz. <laughs> Ur- Urheiz would be pretty fantastic, but that is not a role-playing game. Yeah, but you'll see, but then the Saga the saga series, and then, you know, like, we know Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out as well, so. Yep, that's um, fair. I can see them coming out with with one of those old series. Maybe a new... Well, no, actually, the it wouldn't be Xenogears because they're now making Xenoblade Chronicles. They made Xenoblade Chronicles, they're making X. That's the same right. team. So it wouldn't be them. Um, but, oh, man, it's... So you're thinking Square's going to revive a franchise, which I think is I great. Do. I do. Uh, you're predicting a Metroid side-scrolling game and a Castlevania side-scroller. Yes. Or yeah, at I least think... one of them. Yeah, I think we'll see one of the two of those. Okay, yeah, I I would hope for the Castlevania one. Uh, I agree with you on the on the old school Square stuff. And what's weird to me is Castlevania, Castlevania side scroller works to me as a handheld game. That to me works as a handheld game. Metroid doesn't. Isn't that weird? 
Yeah, it does work as a handheld game. I wish they would take another stab at a multiplayer Castlevania side-scroller like they did with uh, Harmony of Despair, on which I played on Xbox 360. Yeah. I liked it quite a bit. It it the replay the replayability it didn't have as much replay value to some people. It kind of had a bit, a bit of a faster burnout for some, but I enjoyed sure. it quite a bit when I okay. played it. But then it died and no one plays it, so you can't really play right. it anymore. Just right. annoying. But uh yeah, um okay. So, what about Sega? New Sonic game? Well, they're doing the new Sonic game. There's lots of new Sonic games. They announced um I don't know what Sega announced, but Mortal Kombat 10 was just announced, so that's going to be there. Um, and so that's big for the fighting game community. Uh, a new, a new home, homeland, home, home front, home front. A new home front, which <laughs> I don't want to get into the the tormented history of home front. But home front is a series that probably should not have been uh, resurrected, and yet it is coming back for a second, a second game. What is home front? It's a game where Korea takes over the United States. And it was made by THQ at the end of THQ's life, and it was it was there was a it was plagued by by tough production issues at the end because THQ was going under like at the end of that game's life, and so it came out and the game did not do well at all in terms of like critical success. Um, but they put hundreds of mil- I, and it was literally hundreds of millions of dollars behind the marketing for it. Um. And so it actually sold okay, but it only sold okay because of that marketing. So they're now somehow the rights got sold off, and so now they're going to it's coming out. There's a new one. You want out. to talk THQ rights? They need to bring back WWF No Mercy. Are we stop? Is the podcast over? <laughs> are we just? Are we done? Whatever. Any other predictions from you? I bet there's going to be a new Assassin's Creed that new well there we already know there's going to be a new Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed 5, which they've titled something else is that'll be there. Okay, Playable. I've never played an Assassin's Creed game, spoiler alert, which I know is a major series, but you haven't played Metal Gear Solid games, so or even uh are they coming out like every year now? Like are they still all really good? Yeah, they're kind of annualized. 3 3 was I did not like 3. I did not enjoy 3 at all. Uh and I've heard four's four's really fun. I just haven't played it yet. Okay. Because so. you know Activision is going to announce another Call of Duty, which is stupid because from what I've heard, they have just gotten infinitely worse since Modern Warfare three. Mm-hmm. Even a lot of people didn't like that one. So I don't well, know. They've, ar- they've already announced the new Call of Duty. Oh, have they? Yeah, it's Call of Duty uh, uh, f- Future Warfare or whatever. Oh, that's right. Whatever. They don't, they'll announce another one. They're just going to preemptively announce another one. <laughs> They're going to announce the next two. Yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, that's the weird thing is I feel like we've been getting all these... We've been, Like, Mortal Kombat 10 was just announced today, or it was either today or yesterday, and this whole, and then Homefront was announced today or, or yesterday. Like, well, I don't know why these games are getting announced before E3. I've actually... I actually read an article on that about how, like, Nintendo... Or, uh, Sony and Microsoft just announced stuff. Like, Microsoft just announced the Connect Free uh, Xbox One, you know, a week ago. So yeah. a few weeks before E3. And uh, I feel like Sony might have announced something as well. But a, a few companies now have just, like, come out with big announcements, and E3 is a couple weeks away. So I, I don't know what the trend is or why or what the well, deal is. Well, either but... there's something really big that's going to happen at E3, which is what I'm, I'm hoping for, or 
they're just not caring about E3 as much anymore, and that could be too. Like what they want to the... make their they want to make their own thing like Apple does, you know. Well, what is what is the last like major thing to happen at E3? Xbox being announced? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I there's always big video game announcements. But it's been a long time since there was like a big thing announced. Wii Music? (laughs) Do you remember that? That was amazing. That moment of that press conference was amazing. Um, What? Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know. I I would argue that that the the back and forth between Microsoft and, and PlayStation was a kind of a big thing that happened last year. But again, that didn't really happen at E3. Did it? Uh, yeah, they happened to the like Microsoft announced all that bullshit at their press conference about like DRM stuff, and then the next night, Sony came out and said, "And you can play all your games, you can lend your game, and and all that stuff." That happened at E3. Oh, all right, I stand corrected. Actually, yeah. I'm sitting. <laughs> good one, Rose, because you are sitting. You're not even lying either. Oh, it's a really, it was a really good one. Well, well, I'm kind of lying down a little bit. Depends on how you define how I'm... You're not lying down. Well, my feet are reclined, so are they? Am I? Mm-hmm. Is it? Are we? Are is As is our was were? We, 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 you. Xbox One. Do you want to go over... Uh, do you want to do a quick lightning round with what the listeners played uh, last weekend since we missed sure. it last week? Sure, do it. Don't wrap up. All right, listener. Here's the fun part of the podcast, because it took you an hour and a half to get to the fun part. Here's where you tell us what you've been playing. John and I decide, uh, try and determine whether we've ever heard of any of it or not. Nora was going to play probably Battlefield 4. It's been a tough week, and I need to blow off some steam. Never heard of it. Actually, she said blow off some stream, but I think that was a typo. Well, Nora, we're both really sorry you had a bad week, and uh, we hope you pwned some noobs in BF4. I think you said that correctly. Yeah. Scott was going to play Watch Dogs. Been playing it since at least Tuesday. Going to keep it going through the weekend. Good for you, Scott. I'll join you this weekend. Miles playing Skyrim. Lots and lots of Skyrim and probably some Far Cry 3. I bought that. What? Far Cry 3. You bought that? Isn't that weird? I bought that. It's a first-person shooter. I don't play those games, but I heard awesome things about it, so I bought it. I've still not played uh, Fallout 3, which I have in the original. I could do an unboxing. Fallout Fallout and Far Cry, slightly different things. I wouldn't know. I've never played either of them. Sure. Why are they so different? Because one is a first-person shooter and one is a role-playing game. Okay. Uh, All right, now B. B. Williams says, Ingress is like being at the shooting range where Watch Dogs is like playing a game of being at a shooting range. We own our town like kings while our opponents suck with no idea of the art of war. So B. Williams is playing Ingress, which I told you about, the Google game. I really want to play that game. I've still been on their beta waiting list forever. I'm going to email someone. Damn it. Okay. All right. Seems like the type of game you'd want to play with somebody else. No, it's a mobile game. Uh, Jasmine or Yasmini or Yasmini, either way... Uh, yes, I'm playing some Watch Dogs. Good for you. Matt was going to play Mario Kart 8 until my eyes bleed. That seems a bit excessive, Matt. Don't do that. Don't do that. I actually, you know, I can only play four or five Grand Prix before my, my thumb starts to hurt because I'm holding the accelerator the whole time. So it's my body telling me to take a break. I think that's true. Yeah, it is. 
Chad says, must finish Bravely Default, then maybe some Kirby on the go and Mario Kart 8 till the cows come home. Right on. Why do cows live with you, Chad? I think that's just a turn of phrase. Well, I didn't know that. Angel, some Xenoblade Chronicles and maybe some Mario here and there. Some Mario is a bit vague. I would like to know more of this some Mario. Mario, who knows? John doesn't even know the name of any of the Mario games on the Wii U. It's not fair. The names are dumb. I'll give you that. GVGINU, or Andre, who also guest-hosted the the Buttercast, which I made an appearance on last week, which is very fun. Andre here again, fellas. Well, still on Project X-Zone at, like, 54 hours in on it. What's Project X-Zone again? Don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, <I'll laughs> good. Well, there's 54 hours of it, so that's good. A little bit of a link between worlds. Always a good choice. Metroid Fusion. Hey, look at that. Speak of the devil. Zombie U and maybe some Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate. If only I had Mario Kart 8, that would have been my only answer this weekend. Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate. Didn't that, isn't that the game that uh, you said you didn't want to buy because you feel like it would suck up your life? Mm, I actually bought it, but I tried to start it. But like I started it right around the time that Max was born. And that's not the kind of game you can do that with. So. Correct. Trezzy Chew. Mario Kart drinking night starts tomorrow. You'd think I drink too much, but I haven't had a drink in three weeks. But before that, probably some Final Fantasy fourteen ARR or Guard 3. A Realm Reborn is what ARR stands for. I knew a thing. Did you know that? I didn't. Good for you. Awesome. I'm very impressed. That rarely happens. I did know that. <laughs> Jamie Butterworth just said, you know, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so we, I know he, he was excited about Mario Kart 8. Uh, Pretty I hope, sure he's playing Mario Kart 8. Yeah, I hope he liked it as much as I did. Uh, I'm sure he liked Rainbow Road more than I did because I'm the only – I know I'm, like, the only one, but, God, I oh, I wanted so much more. But you know what? Always leave him wanting more, right? Right. <laughs> so – uh, Christopher Long, who is a contributing author who contributes articles to unqualifiedgamers.com. He's got some really good stuff. His first article for us was, I want a new side-scrolling Metroid. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Uh, my guarantees will be Mario Kart 7 and Binding of Isaac. I hope to get into Mario Kart 8, but I'm not sure I'll be able to join the hype. There's an issue with my TV's HDMI. So about every other week, my Wii U turns into a questionable Wii emulator with the sound cutting, and it takes about an hour and a lot of moving things to fix it. Also, my parents have been working too hard to go to buy Best Buy. I probably didn't read all that, but I did. But I did. It was a good story. It was. It was a good story. But, you know, the nice thing about the Wii U is you can play on the gamepad. That's right. That's pretty cool. Uh... Dat Edit Doe. Mario Kart 8 is the rest of my weekend. Cheers. Uh, Vintage Gamer Privately. Uh, replaying Final Fantasy 13. No shame. Agreed. Good game. Good game. Only Final Fantasy game I've played more than once in the same year mm-hmm. since Final Fantasy 7. Which is impressive. That's Yeah. Yeah. And it says a lot about yeah. how you felt about that game. I like that game a lot. And John says, just platinumed Demon Gaze PS Vita. Do you know what Demon Gaze? I don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't know either. But congrats on platinuming it. I read some statistics somewhere that 
oh, the number of gamers that actually platinum a game on PlayStation Network is it's like very low. That's probably one or two percent. It's, I have never platinum. I think game. it was less than that. It's yeah, we don't I have time for that. that. Ain't nobody got time that. for that. Ain't nobody got time for that, John. Ain't nobody got time for that. Well, that's what you've been playing. Thanks for letting us know. You can keep letting us know more at unqualifiedgamers.com. We're also very active on Google+. I hope we may have 10,000 followers by the time E3 is over. And I hope that you rot in hell. Yeah, well, right back at you, buddy. You're not my buddy. So with that, I'm going to keep playing Bravely Default and some Mario Kart 8, and I'm going to get to Watch Dogs this weekend. And, uh, yeah. I've got a, I've got a wedding I'm in this weekend in Peoria. So, oh my God! Why? Yeah, so I've got to drive 13 hours or something. That's oh an exaggeration. I got to drive like eight uh, hours to get down to Peoria this weekend. So that'll be really fun. Uh, listener, I'm sorry if you're from Peoria, but I hate Peoria. I'm yeah. from Rockford, and there's like this unofficial rivalry with which city was the second biggest in the state of Illinois when I was growing up. That's a really dumb rivalry. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, your face is that. a dumb rivalry, and Peoria smells really bad. Okay, well, that's fair. It smells really bad. Like, all around it. It does. It smells really bad. Listener, if you're from Peoria and you'd like to hear Cody... Or actually, if you're not from Peoria, but you'd like to hear Cody insult your hometown, send us uh, send us a Google Plus message and say... Yeah, or, where to, or email yeah. us at uh, unqualifiedpodcast... Or is that it? At gmail.com? It is. Unqualifiedpodcast at gmail.com. I will make fun of your hometown with That's my right. 34 years of improv skills. That's right. 37, actually. It's 37 years. We, you picked up a couple years during this podcast. Well, we, you, see what I did there? I said a console. I said we, you. You didn't pick up on it. You didn't pick up on what know. I was putting down. I smell, I smell everything. Do you smell what The Rock is cooking? Ha-ha, <laughs> wrestling reference. Please subscribe. 